Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to our program, Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And we have a very interesting program for you today. Have you ever wanted to know more about adoption, particularly older child adoption, because we hear so much about that, the need, so many children in foster care and so many children in need of a home. And we know there are so many families wanting to adopt. Uh, So why don't these people get together? (laughs) What is the problem, you know? Uh, And, and I have a guest today for you that you've heard before on St. Gabriel Radio, I hope, uh, and that is Colleen Holton. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Colleen has a real heart for adoption, and particularly for older child adoption. And uh, the Lord has given her quite a lot of experience in this. <laughs> As a young married woman, uh, Colleen and her husband, Sam, are members of St. Paul's in Westerville. And uh, you have, you've been married for eight years, is that yes, correct? Yep, going on eight years this And year. have two children, six and four. And Colleen is uh, really the driving force behind a ministry at St. Paul's in Westerville called Elizabeth Ministries. And I really, really love Elizabeth Ministry. Uh, we have another program, too, in our archives about it. But just give us a little uh, summation, Colleen, of what Elizabeth Ministry does, because it really has a focus on adoption which is very unusual. It, it is. And uh, Elizabeth Ministry, we're an international organization uh, that seeks to provide hope, support, and healing for women, really in all stages of motherhood. Um, this organization was founded based on the scriptural story in the Gospel of Luke uh, when Mary visits Elizabeth. And we celebrate new life. We mourn when a life is lost. And uh, through it all, we provide practical support for the family. But what's special about our group at St. Paul is that we have many women who are part of our ministry who have grown their family through adoption, whether it's domestic adoption, foster to adopt, international adoption. Um, so it's become a unique focus for us that's a little different than other Elizabeth ministry groups uh, that you might know of. Right. That that really is amazing. I, I have, I'm familiar with Elizabeth ministry. I really think it's a wonderful ministry uh, in a parish. And, and your Elizabeth ministry is open to people who are not just from St. Paul's. Yes, is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. We, the, our core members um, are all go to St. Paul, but we off, we offer support for really anyone throughout the diocese uh, who needs it from other parishes from, and even people who aren't Catholic. Um, we welcome anyone who would like to know more about Elizabeth Ministry to really get involved with us as well. Sure. And if anybody is listening who may not even be in the Diocese of Columbus, but would like to know more about Elizabeth Ministry, they could they could call St. Paul's office, 614-882-2109, and just ask for Elizabeth Ministry, and they would eventually get you, right? Yes, <laughs> yes they would, yes. Um, and you can also go to the Elizabeth Ministry uh, International Website and if you click on the chapters uh, link, then you can See find where there other, are chapters. Yes, if there's one closer to you uh, at a different parish, is that elizabethministries.org? Yes, yes, okay. it is. elizabethministries.org. Yes. It really is a wonderful, wonderful ministry because uh, 
Uh, you mentioned some of the things that Elizabeth Ministry helps with, and that support is one-on-one, like Mary to Elizabeth, right? Yes, it's and the Elizabeth visitation model. Yeah. yeah. So we have like women in our group who have been through similar experiences um, to women who ask for our support. And so we can match them up. You can do like home visits or if you just you know want to meet for coffee or email, phone conversations, whatever it is, you have someone who has been through what you're going through. And sure. That's and that could really be unique. infertility. Yes. Uh, adoption, mm-hmm. uh, miscarriage, um, issues with, with childbearing, childbirth, uh, young families, anything related to motherhood, yes. as you said, which yeah. is just wonderful. It's so needed. Well, thank you for that ministry, Colleen. And I just am amazed at how much support and information and even services. I think you've even had panel discussions about adoption. It, it's so needed in, today. It really is. It is. And, uh, you know, adoption is one of those things that it was really popular, you know, a decade ago, and then it's kind of gone by the wayside mm-hmm. um, as more single mothers have decided to uh, parent their child. And so it's really gone to like the back burner. And yet there's such a big need still, uh, both domestically and internationally, for adoptive families. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that, you know, with all the women in our group who have been through adoption, mm-hmm. that we try to promote and, and really get out there is that there's still a need. And, and yet there are a lot of obstacles, too. Yes. Uh, yes. So we're going to talk about that in the rest of our program. Um, could you tell us really how your heart grew for adoption and particularly older child adoption? Sure. So uh, my heart for international adoption specifically began when my family adopted my younger sister from an orphanage in Guatemala when I was 15 years old. I was uh, one of four kids in my family at the time. I had three brothers and my parents will tell you since I was in second grade, I would write in my journal at school, I, I want a sister. I need a sister. I'm, I'm tired of these three brothers. You know, they're getting <laughs> on my nerves. And so my teacher would contact my parents and say, uh, do you know what Colleen's writing in her journal? You know, she really wants a sister. And so finally, uh, you know, my, my parents, we looked into the adoption process and decided that international adoption was the right fit for our family. And so my sister was able to come home when she was three and a half and I was 15 years old. And wow. So uh, since you then, were kind I, of a second mother. Yeah, I, I, I was. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh, so since then, I've kind of been on a mission to educate anyone I meet about life in third world countries, um, what it's like growing up in orphanages or foster homes and just encouraging families to consider adoption, um, especially for older orphan children. And at three and a half, my sister was considered an older child. She was considered special needs because just because of her age. Hmm. Um, and, and that was back in the time when you could adopt internationally a child under the age of one. There were some children coming home from China at six months old. And uh, so three and a half was really, you know, the stigma an of an older child. Time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And now... If you adopt internationally, it's very, very hard to adopt a child who is younger than a toddler um, hmm. just because of all the obstacles, the red tape, the bureaucracy involved. Um, but also countries are really trying to find a place for children within their own country first. And so if it doesn't work out, by that time, the child is considered older hmm. and a lot of parents are kind of overlooking that as well and discouraged by that. But, um, you know, I, I just I want to say that an older child, they are so much less likely to find a forever family um, the older they get. 
And especially like the United States, they cap the international adoption age at 16, uh, not 18. So once a child reaches 16, they cannot come into this country as at all, at, at all as an, as an adopted adoptee. child. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then there's kind of a waiting period in their own country between age 16 and 18, where it's you know, they're in limbo. They can't be adopted internationally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not an adult in their own child or in their own country usually. Mm-hmm. So that's just you know I, I really have a passion now for older children and, mm-hmm. and finding families. Tell us about you. You mentioned just a minute ago that you. Um, I think you said you've traveled to other countries, particularly yes. Guatemala. Is that correct? Yes, I, I just got this, back from there this, actually a couple weeks ago. Yeah, this this real heart that the Lord has given you. Tell us about that. It, what have you been able to do when you've traveled so, outside the uh, United States with this heart for adoption? Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my travels have, have taken me back to Guatemala to the orphanage um, where my sister was adopted from. And I started the, uh, going back there, I think it was probably about 2002, 2003, something like that. I was in college and just hmm. decided that I wanted to see where she had grown up, the, her home country. And so I started going back to her orphanage. And what was really interesting is that the orphanage that she came from had around 100, 150 kids at the time, um, anywhere from infants. There were new babies that were brought in while I was there. I got to see the kind of admission process of hmm. what happens when a baby is just you know, left on the sidewalk outside the orphanage. But then all the, um, also there were children up to age like 17, 16, 17 that were still at the orphanage. And when I walked in, I'll never forget, I, the first time I walked into the orphanage, I was just instantly surrounded by these toddlers. And hmm. they all were clamoring for my attention. They all wanted hugs. Um, they were laughing. They were happy. They were so joyful. And it was so easy to get you know, really pulled in by them. And I I wanted to take them all home by the time I left. (laughs) And then you saw kind of standing off to the side, the older children, and they were a little more weary about why, you know, I'm in their home, a little more reserved, a little more shy, not giving of themselves so much to you, um, you know, just from the heartache that they had been through. Mm -hmm. And it took a couple days to really warm up to these older kids. And I say older, probably age like nine and above, And then when they did, the connection that we formed was just incredible. It was so deep and meaningful, like more so, you know, the toddlers were happy with a piece of candy I would give them or just a smile or a joke. But these older kids, they wanted to talk about their dreams, their hopes for the future, their interests, what Mm. music they liked, what sports they liked, um, things that were going on in the United States they wanted to Mm. know about in movies. And Mm -hmm. it was so eye-opening that... If you just get to know an older child and kind of get that stigma out of your head that, you know, they are. There must be something wrong. Right. Exactly. Yes. Why are they still here? Why? Yeah. It was just an incredible, touching experience Mm. um, to really know. And that kind of got my heart on fire for older children and like advocating for them. You must have spoken their language. Is that correct? You know, I I did. (laughs) I I have learned over the years. I started with very minimal Spanish. but they, you know, they would try English mm-hmm. and I would that's, try Spanish and we had some dictionaries that that was back before the time of uh, cell phones and translators. <laughs> so I'm flipping through my Webster's dictionary of Spanish English language, uh, you know, trying to find the appropriate words. But yeah, over the years, I've gotten much more fluent. And so it is much easier to to really communicate with them. But still, there's that bond um, 
that kind of transcends language even. Mm, and sure. uh, it's, I know I've yeah. traveled a lot internationally for Heartbeat International mm-hmm. and, sure. and visited many uh, maternity homes and orphanages in actually many are affiliated with Heartbeat International. Oh, wow. Uh, particularly in, in Africa. And, uh, you know, oh, the children, I love the way you describe them. And they want to sing for you and they want oh, to yes. hug you. And, yes. Yeah. And uh, your heart just goes out to them and and not in a sim- not in sympathy, in a sense, right. but in just in love. Because yes, they are love. <laughs> they, they such want beautiful love, children. They need love. And it's, you know, I feel like I had so much love to give. And so my always growing up, I said, I'm going to adopt someday. I'm going to adopt mm-hmm. internationally. Mm-hmm. I'm going to adopt, you know, these children. And then unfortunately, Guatemala closed their program. And yeah, I still go back there. You know, that's where my heart is, is in Guatemala, sure. at this orphanage. And so through the years, even with uh, when adoption was no longer, you know, possible from Guatemala, I've still gone back with my parents, my sister that was adopted from Guatemala. We've all traveled back there. We've celebrated birthdays and baptisms and, oh, wonderful. Um, you know, all these things down there at the orphanage. And we've watched the children grow. You know, there's no more babies. There's no more toddlers at this orphanage hmm. because they've all grown up and the government is is placing them in other homes, um, things like that. And, and so, are there not as many orphans at all in Guatemala? There are significantly more orphans than what there were because there are no adoptions going on, but um, there are also more orphanages. And hmm. so this particular one, yes, they're being focusing dispersed. On the older like, children. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this, this orphanage uh, that my sister was adopted from, they have kind of transitioned from orphanage to boarding school to mm-hmm trade school. And uh, now they are helping the older orphans. Um, there's some that are still there that are in their 20s. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the the nuns who run the orphanage have helped them to become sustainable adults. Mm-hmm. Um, they run a carpentry shop. They make furniture. Wonderful. Uh, they've yeah. gone to university over in Russia to do a ceramic school. And so oh they yeah, so they've really, you know, tried to to find ways to to help these children grow into the life that they have and following the lord's calling and lead Mm -hmm. with the children that they have who have found their family there at the orphanage yes our guest today is colleen holton who is from saint paul's in westerville and the leader there of this wonderful ministry elizabeth ministries that that focuses on all kinds of issues and needs for women uh, miscarriage, infertility, uh, childbearing issues, adoption, and it's just a great one-on-one ministry. And we're talking today, particularly with Colleen, uh, about older child adoption. So I love your story, Colleen, and how God really grew your heart for this. And um, even though Guatemala has closed mm-hmm. their adoptions now, your connection with those children there is is just fantastic. Um, so t- let's focus a little bit on... Um, obstacles to older mm-hmm. child adoption, not just obstacles that are, are now um, there because of the international adoptions being closed. And that's another mm-hmm. issue we may get a chance to talk about a little more. Uh, why are all the doors closing on international adoption? But let's talk first about general issues with, with older child adoption, because we've got many older children in the United States mm-hmm. who also have not been adopted. And I think a lot of times parents are worried that older children have just experienced too much trauma in their lives. Um, and parents are scared to be a parent to a child who has never had a stable home. And, you know, I think it's intimidating enough uh, when your biological child who you've raised since infancy starts the preteen years and teen years. Uh, right. That, <laughs> yes, exactly. So you're, you know, you're 
uh, scared. There's a sense of hesitancy and and scared to bring a child into your home who you don't know. You know, essentially, they're a stranger when they come into your home and they're already in this preteen or teenage years. Right. Um, but the, it, so it's just this. There's a lot of stigma around older children that are in foster care or in orphanages. And it's like, you know, once you can get over that mindset that these children, they need to be loved. They need the support of uh, caring adults in order to make it the rest of their life. And it's not their fault that they are in this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are things that a lot of children have gone back and forth between biological families, foster families. And so by the time they're ready to be adopted, they are considered older child. Um, And it's just, you know, they have so much love Mm -hmm. to give. And Mm -hmm. it is so unique when you can connect with an older child who needs a family and you see that they're, a person. They're not just a, a statistic. They're not just a stigma. Uh, they are a person. They have interests and personality and sure. hopes and dreams. Mm. And um, <laughs> so it's really, it, it's fascinating once you get that opportunity. And uh, I think th- there is an organization out there right now uh, called KidSafe, who is working to break down the stigma and the barriers between older child adoption um, and finding them families. And I was fortunate to get connected with this organization um, when I was 23 Hmm. and my parents had read in the uh, newspaper that there was a local family who had adopted an older child from the country of Colombia through a hosting program, which Hmm. is very unique uh, because it gets you the opportunity to connect with an older child without the permanency right from the beginning. So this is a program that brings children from Colombia yes. to be hosted yes. in American families yes. so not, they can get to know these children. Correct. It's not an adoption agency. It's a hosting agency. And uh, the more, you know, I looked into that, I, I was suddenly interested, you know, older child adoption, um, older child bringing them a hosting experience. And so I looked into the agency more and my parents ended up being a host family uh, one summer, and they hosted an 11 year old girl from Colombia who was need- in need of an adoptive family. And we spent that summer advocating for her and trying to find an adoptive family. And and other families in o- the Ohio community did the same. And so it, it's just evolved. This program has evolved, and they do uh, domestic hosting as well in Los Angeles and Washington D.C. But for people who don't live in those areas, you can do international hosting um, for children from Colombia. And it's mainly children ages 11 to 14 who, again, fall into this category of overlooked older children who right. still need families. So Colombia is still one country yes. that does international adoptions yes, with the correct. United it States. Does. So if someone's interested in um, in Colombia, mm-hmm. this is a this is a wonderful opportunity. It, it is. And, and you can find out more at uh, kidsave.org. And they're actually looking for host families right now for their summer program. They're going to start back up this summer. Oh, wow. Um, and I so so a family here could host a child from Colombia yes. even if they're not specifically interested in adoption. Yes, they're looking. They're always looking for host families to advocate for children mm-hmm. and just to bring the child to the states is o- opens a whole world of opportunity for them to meet a family that mm-hmm. wants to adopt. Mm-hmm. Um, their sibling groups as well as uh, you know single children. And mm-hmm. if you're interested in adopting, then certainly they encourage that as well. But it's not a requirement, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's actually what took me to Washington, D.C. Uh, for my first real-world, grown-up job, you could say, uh, <laughs> from, from Ohio as I moved there to work with Kids Save uh, to get more involved with this organization and to help with the hosting program in the summer. So they've been around for a long time, sounds yes. like. They've yes. got a good reputation. Uh-huh. They, they do, and they've been doing the uh, the summer 
uh, Summer Miracles Program is what it's called. They've been doing that since 1999. And since then, they've found adoptive families for over 1,500 orphaned older children. Isn't that wonderful? Wow, that's a great opportunity. Well, in the United States, I'm just thinking a lot of uh, people who are interested in adopting older children. Mm-hmm. It's it's not exactly that kind of a program, but it's it's foster care to adoption. That's another avenue, isn't right. it, in the United yes, States? It is. You can become a foster parent for an mm-hmm. older child and perhaps uh, oh, then decide uh, yes. on adoption. And it's really, it's important when you are considering adoption of an older child is that you take into account, um, you know, these children, they have their their own preferences as to, you know, what kind of a family they've always dreamed about, even as much as, you know, would they like a dog in the family <laughs> and, you know, little things like that, that uh, these the older children, they do need a different kind of consideration than just bringing a baby into the family who, you know, can't speak, doesn't have preferences, hasn't mm-hmm. developed likes, dislikes, that sort of thing. And so it's great. Um, a foster foster care, you really get to know the child and you decide if it's a fit for both of you. Hmm. And it's not always just, you know, parents trying to select the child that they want in the home, but it's the child selecting the family that they want to be a part of as well. And so Hmm. it's a wonderful opportunity, whether it's a hosting program, foster care, to really get to know an older child um, before making that commitment. Mm -hmm. And are there people in your group at St. Paul who have adopted older children that that could be matched with someone who's interested just to to talk about it more? Yes, we have women who have done the foster care to adopt. Um, They've fostered single children, sibling sets, um, and have gone on to adopt. And we have women that uh, have older children now who are adoptees that could certainly speak about growing up as an adoptee hmm. and uh, what that's like as well. I just think that's such a wonderful resource because for people who I've heard many people say, well, I've always thought about adopting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but how do they even take the first step? Right. Because it's so complicated. It, it is. And it's so to be able to talk to someone who has been there, who has gone through that without the pressure of thinking, oh, this is an agency that's just wanting you know, my business that's just wanting Mm -hmm. me to come on board. Like it's not that kind of a pressured environment. So you really get the nitty gritty, the good, the bad, you know, what happened, what, what preferences, things like that. I'm thinking sometimes it might be an obstacle for people in thinking about foster care to adoption. Mm -hmm. What if I get really attached to this child and then the adoption doesn't work out? Or what if the child gets really attached to me and it doesn't work and it's not a fit? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you aware of situations like that? I'm sure it happens, but that probably is not the norm. Yeah, it's not the norm, um, but it does happen. And actually, uh, my family, it it happened too. So we were in the process of adopting another um, child from Guatemala, and she was able to come stay with us. She was 10 years old. um, From She needed some medical uh, examinations and things done in the United States that weren't available in Guatemala. And she came here and she stayed with us for a month and just decided she really did not like the United States. She did not huh. like the lifestyle here. She was so used to, you know, what she had grown up in mm-hmm. and it wasn't a fit for her. Hmm. And so, you know, we were of, of course attached to her. We loved her. We, you know, had, had known her since she was little, but when you're in that situation, you you know that love kind of transcends what's best for this child, and mm. it, you know we, we are in touch with her today. She's grown, she's married, she has children of her Lives own. Lives in Guatemala. Uh, she actually moved to the state. She she married an American man. <laughs> oh my so, goodness! God you know, was she ended up here, here exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, so it does happen. But you know, even my parents would be a resource to talk to if that's something you know you're worried about, like a disrupted sure. adoption or just 
unsure about what happens there. And um, so it, it happens. It's not often, mm-hmm. but it does. And, you know, you just kind of you work through it. Yeah. And to have that support of someone who's been there is really something so important. Well, let's give the number again for uh, St. Paul's where people could contact Elizabeth Ministry. It's 614-882-2109. That's St. Paul Parish in Westerville. And this uh, support is available for anyone uh, who may be listening. And uh, if you call that number, they will put you in touch with Colleen, Colleen Holton. Uh, Colleen, I think one of the, the beautiful things, I can see it in your face. The <laughs> listeners can't see it. <laughs> but I can see it in your face is that peace you have because you really believe you are and know you are being led by the Lord. Absolutely. This is something that he put in your heart. And I think that's such an encouragement for people who are listening. If, if adoption is in your heart, mm-hmm. if the Lord is moving you to inquire, to investigate, um, uh, there's a there's a nudge there. You know, if this is God's plan, He will give you the resources. He will give you the support. Um, he will take you through it. Right? He will. He will. <laughs> he will give you the peace that you need to make the decisions for your family and to really go forth and follow Him. And you know, I, I even in my own life, anytime I'm getting nervous, I'm worrying about something. As soon as I say that prayer, you know, I remember like, okay, God, like this is, this is you. This is all on you. If this is something you want, you know, make it happen. And it's just this peace that fills you. And it's really hard to put into words, but it's like, you know, that you're doing God's work and you know that this is the path you're on. Yeah. That is such a beautiful story. I love your story. Thank you so much, Colleen, for sharing it and for the wonderful work of Elizabeth Ministry at St. Paul. Uh, You're listening to the Family Sanctuary on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with Peggy Hartshorn as your host. And we've had a wonderful guest today, Colleen. Thank you again for your beautiful story. And archives of our program are at St. Gabriel Radio. Radio.com. We have other programs on Elizabeth Ministry there that you may want to listen to. And we're streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. So the Family Sanctuary is broadcast at 4 o'clock every Saturday and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com.